compared yeah. to work on all the time when really it's just happens to be there's a crossover between the words, 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 and then what we're yeah. consistently practicing. And yeah. it's yeah. finding the people that are interested in consistently practicing, which but by definition in modern internet culture means being able to disengage from the discourse, words, 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 and do your thing in the background without getting caught up and moved on to the next thing. It's the sh- it's everyone has this problem in every sphere now. It's like uh, oh, for sure. Even like the business guys, you know, it's the shiny new toy. You know, they're trying one thing and then they see some other method and then they switch to that. It's that everyone is everyone is suffering from it. But the, but the problem is, especially the things we teach, this kind of like psychophysical um, techniques, by definition, require you to be able to focus your mind to consciously choose to focus your mind and then work on things even when you don't really feel like it. It's the polar opposite of uh, mindless scrolling. So we're already fishing in a... Are we fishing in the wrong <laughs> pond? I was thinking Maybe that YouTube's as well. Because on the YouTube, there's mm-hmm. the guy who's really into learning. He's watching hours of videos. Yeah. He's happy to listen to four-hour yeah. podcasts and those type of things. And he's like working his own stuff in the background. Uh, that's one, you know, that's one thing. And then there's like the the jumping around on Twitter. Uh, and as I say, it's really easy to think that just because someone's talking about the same things or that maybe they're quoting some of the same people that they're even remotely interested in doing any actual work. Mm. Uh, because why are they there? Usually not not the same reasons we're there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it makes me wonder if Elon's plan to have longer form content could even work on Twitter. And I'm sure he's done his research on it, but like if you if you put longer content on there, people I don't think they're capable of actually consuming it just because of the no, the whole thing is designed for you to move on to the next thing. It's yeah. like even if even yeah, yeah. if with all good intentions, how, how can it? Because you're you click to read more on the longer tweet the way it is now, mm. and you're already halfway down your itching to get back to the scroll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And especially if it's something that requires you to, like a, a few weeks ago, I was thinking, I might just throw in all this, throw away all this, digit, throw out all this digital uh, offers and just make a, a paper thing that I send in the post to people that they work from the paper. You know, it's like <laughs> a, yeah. a physical newsletter type thing. And, uh, mm. you know, you just sign up and you get it when you get it. I just post it and, you know, depending on where you live, you'll get it at a different time. And that's every month and they just, you have to pay a bit more, but you actually get a thing. And then you work from the thing separate from your computer. Uh, that would be more functional. I mean, somebody will just say, yeah, but you could just have a file and they download the, they print the file. Well, most people yeah, won't even print it. And even if they did, they're not going to, it's, mm. it's already presented to them in the context of a computer world. Uh, and really you're trying to get them off it. So. Um, mm. it's a problem it's like a, a real issue for um, working with this stuff because a lot of the people I mean guys that influenced us like Hyatt and those people they didn't it wasn't a, it was different problems they had to deal with it wasn't, they didn't have this mad yeah, this... Um, online attention stealer yeah and I, I don't know about you but um, I, I'm actually all contented out like I feel content fatigue there is so much content um like you know people uh, creators are just pumping out content like so much like every day some guys are just making video 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 um I, i'm just i i can kind of understand like people are frazzled so they can't like they, they can't focus on anything 
um and there's just so much shit that you <laughs> you you your mind just gets blown out and you just can't actually focus on anything i i kind of get that um to be honest like i i get the you know i i wonder it's interesting you say returning to a, a newsletter um that could be a, a good idea because you just like yeah nah it's not going to work in the digital realm and um you know the only problem is it's it's inefficient i guess in terms of like yeah what are you inefficient in terms of fields check it out with a newsletter or (laughs) you know like i get get, it's just like i expect silver coins at my door in two weeks so you're not getting this month um actually that is why that would be good but anyway um the yeah, it's inefficient for selling, definitely, and marketing and things, but it's efficient for practicing. Um, the only problem mm. is if you join later, you don't have access to the early ones, so you'd probably have to have an online archive, so you're already stuck into digital. Because um, yeah. yeah. a lot of the things I teach are progressive in the sense that there's certain things you have to learn first to learn things later. So um, I would mm. only be harming complete beginner stuff because people have been there a while would need more advanced stuff. So I'd have to figure out a way of combining beginners and advanced um, or yeah. making it kind of plug in. You know, you can try to make each one as evergreen as possible and not completely dependent on the last one. Um, mm. Although from a marketing point of view, it's probably quite good because you have a definite deadline every month. If you don't, yeah. you're not pretending. I've 10 copies left of my PDF, you know, like all the guys are doing. Mm. It's fucking annoys me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, 50, you know, 20 <laughs> copies left, 19 yeah. copies left. It's PDF. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I read the other day a PDF. The, the the size restrictions on the PDF are something like 200 miles or something. You can actually make a PDF mm. 200 miles wide. Really? So 200. Yeah. Miles. So anyway, so PDFs aren't. We're not running at PDFs, guys. You don't need to have so many copies left. Um, yeah. But if you have a newsletter, you actually have to post it out, print it off, and post it out, and uh, you have mm. really have a deadline. So you're saying to people when you send them the email, two hours left or whatever. It's real. It's not bullshit, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe that helps people make a decision, you know. But I was thinking more from yeah. the point of view of for what I'm doing. It actually, it's better to have a month of like A4 size paper, even a even if it if it opens out and it's an A3 one with diagrams, like a sort of map of diagrams, this and then this and then this, and it's big and you can stick it to the wall, and your your mind is you know you're you're studying the different. Uh, relationships of movements and, and body parts and stuff I have in it and you're more likely to then implement it because you 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 know it better you know um rather than just you're on the computer and then you're going to come away from social media to quickly do this thing and then go back to your social media it's just not realistic in terms of doing no, the work no, it's not. um but I at the same time that's where everything. it is I don't yeah. want to be like a Luddite and have it all completely separate and that because that's I don't do that either you know I do both slightly yeah, it's not I'm slightly online person yeah 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 i i don't think it's a matter of being a being a luddite because it's more like you're just acknowledging the human brain and how it's just fucking not capable of (laughs) doing something like that yeah Um, and remembering as a tool because it's like you you don't see like a fucking like a joiner walking around with a hammer in his hand all day long do you know what i mean (laughs) Um, <laughs> no. I mean, at some point, like they have, they use it and need it, you know, and whatever. And uh, you know, they're not like, you know, he's not got one in the in the bar with it. Well, he might have one in the bar, depends where he drinks. Yeah. But um, the 
you know, with us, we just forget it's a tool. That's the problem. It's the yeah, same. I am. Forget it's a tool. I mean, it's like that's, it, it that's is a massive totally. thing. You can yeah. talk about long form all he wants. It's designed to addict you to short term. That's what it does. Um, yeah, it's trigger. You know, they know they know that they how it's what it's doing. To, they definitely he definitely knows the things it's doing to people's brains. So whether he's been like <laughs> at it and talking out the other side of his mouth when he says these things, and it's just purely um, purely business. Um, well, thing, you, you saw everyone get the shit for him the other day. When when he limited their uh, what was it their view count, they can only view like fucking six thousand tweets a day or so. I forget how much it was, but he limited how much people can can see. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. What's your theory about? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I got no fucking idea um, with him. I'm convinced now he bought it for the AI, so I'm convinced of that. I don't think there's really any other reason. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it. it's it's yeah, the AI combined with the neural shenanigans and all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely it's yeah. like data center of everything. It's also power center. If you're like a billionaire guy, well, that is leverage other people. It's the place to get the yeah. leverage because everyone's on it, and you you know how it was being used to manipulate stuff. It's like a it's underpriced, if anything, if you think about it like that. Oh, yeah. 45 billion is fucking nothing. Like, particularly, like, in proliferation world, and, you know, <laughs> fucking a startup in a garage is worth 45 billion these days. I mean, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know what he's up to, unless it, it is just a cash grab, and he's like, I know these fuckers aren't going to quit. Like, they're going to fucking buy my Twitter blue. So cry all you want you'll be back <laughs> you yeah know, to replace like substack is a pretty yeah. easy thing for twitter because i think even substack yep. themselves didn't seem to understand how dependent substack's growth is on twitter it's like all mm. people leaving yep. twitter to go sending up to substack the whole point substack got big because people were being banned from twitter so some mm. journalists were saying things on substack they weren't allowed to say on twitter and getting paid for it that's how it happened and they seem to think that they can just um exist without tweets they've got like um the substat ones have got like delusions of grandeur they, they felt they were more important you know it reminds me of the was it in who was it, it was one of the uh, dropbox you know that app dropbox oh yeah 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 i think one of the i think apple offered them really early on before apple had um, iCloud. they offered them something like a billion two billion or something to buy it off them and they were like no we're not they refused you know and uh and Steve Jobs is like, it's not a business; it's an app. You know, it's a fun, it's a function. Uh, what's the word used? It's a function, not an app, something like that. And because um, hmm. it was just cheaper and easier for them to just plug that in rather than just start their own, do their own thing, and they refused because they thought it was bigger than it was. I think that's substack of that problem because all Twitter needs to do is just make a prettier interface for the doing the articles similar to substack, and loads of people will just start using it. Basically, mm. kill people because yeah. they don't feel the yeah. need to use Substack anymore. A lot of them because it's not been censored uh, the way it was. Yeah, we take a fair bit of money. Definitely, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? I've, no, I've noticed they they take a fair bit of your money. Like I don't have many subscribers, yeah. but I've just noticed like they do take it. Take ten percent yeah. straight away, and then by the time you pay fees and uh, currency conversions and all that, it can be more or less fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, easily, uh, easily. Yeah, and uh, uh, and there are other issues with it as well in terms of um, 
there's not really that much customization you can do and it's not they don't make it it's not not straightforward how you would just i mean i don't there's probably a technical answer to this but it's not straightforward how because their urls are funny so i don't see how they would just if you move to some other blog or whatever hmm. how it would transfer the pages straight over and stuff i think people will have problems with that if they actually try to leave it um, because of the slash p slash things, probably a, a way of doing this on WordPress or something. People will tell me, but um, either way, it doesn't matter if there is or not because most people don't know that and they won't leave because of that. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but that would prevent people from taking on from starting it, um, yeah. maybe from joining it. I don't know. Whereas Twitter is just like they, fuck it, just use that. It's easy, yeah, easy. It's ugly just now. What the, you know, the, the oracles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um you know, a lot of the content on Substack is political too. I've been looking around a little bit for something that might be a bit more interesting. Uh but but you know, that's that's the case everywhere, isn't it? It's all about politics. But uh Yeah. Anyway. She can do about it, I suppose. But yeah, there, there may just not be a solution. And uh just, you know, uh just have to keep fucking going until we slowly and painfully fucking get some practitioners together. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking, I've been interested in a lot of like um, late 19th century, early 20th century, some kind of um, things that were going on then. And, you know, there was like physical culture then, but there was also like a psychophysical culture stuff. And then um, there's all mm. lots of, and there's lots of like um, new sort of cult type things going around then as well, you know. But a lot of these things, yeah. what's interesting is a lot of them were done by, um, uh, oh shit, I forgot the word. You know, when you you sign up, it was like a, you sign up to these um, correspondence courses where you right, sign right. up to a thing and they send you a thing out every month with theory and then the practices at the end, you know. And all these things were done like the that. The Zoomers will be scratching their head at this, I think. Yeah. The fuck is he <laughs> talking like these... about? A fucking correspondence course, of course. So I think you just <laughs> sent a postal order or something, or you sent, I don't know how you paid yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, postal order. Yeah. And it was something, <laughs> they took off in America. It's an interesting story. Like they, they, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like they, the only reason they took off is because something was changed in the post office and you were allowed to send a certain thing cheaply, but not other things or something. So these, it made a loophole mm. where you, it was really cheap to do these things or you're allowed to do these things. I can't remember what the deal was. There was a lot, like a specific law was changed to make a, or the sign to do the post office. And um, it made these things possible. They were just equivalent in Substack then. It was just all these things that weren't mainstream and uh, it was like kind of niche ideas. And, but loads of it was like self-help stuff. Um, I think there was probably like political pay for pol- there was like political donation stuff going on then as well. That's probably that would start it. So it'd be like some stuff full of politics as well. Um, mm. But the thing about the, and those a lot of those things are books now. You'll see a book of some guy from like New Thought Writer or whatever from 1900. But really, it wasn't a book. It was a correspondence course, and they would just get people to sign mm. up, and then they would just produce them every month for a year or something. Uh, so they didn't even have it ready. They were just doing them monthly. You know, it's like a physical newsletter mm. basically. Um, so that's like a, that's a tried and tested method that they were doing that's, that's was going on for years you know and even when and, and you know you can't censor that easily either can you if you think about it if people are worried about censorship and I guess you yes it's a lot harder good, to but... quickly search what's in the thing you're sending yeah 
Um, yeah. So if it's like, uh, yeah, I mean that that uh, eventually all the the green people will put so much taxes and stuff like that that they'll, um, they'll try and censor it that way. Paper anymore. <laughs> um. um <clears throat> Yeah, you know, why not? I have this amazing poster back in the day, uh, a yoga move poster. It was really pretty big. Um, and it, it kind of outlined movements like step by step, like sequences of, of different yoga uh, positions. It's fucking fantastic. And I just had it in my spare room. And I, I don't know where I, you know, what I did with it, but it was really good because, you know, you'd forget something half, halfway through or whatever it was. You could just look up on the wall and it was all there. So there's definitely exactly, something. Yeah, that's how, I was, that. that's yeah. how I was thinking about the fit. That's why I was thinking that. And also, if you've got it on the wall or lying around, you, it reminds you to do it. It's there. Oh, I'll do yeah. that just now rather than this other thing. Oh, I was going to go on the computer and look at Twitter. Well, just do this thing now for five minutes. And then you end up doing a half an hour. You know, you have to kind of trick yourself like that. I'll just do it for five minutes and then I'll I'll go and get my fix on Twitter. Uh, and then when you start doing something five minutes later, you're, just, you're into it now. So, uh, yeah, you, you can play these tricks on you, and the psychophysical uh, effect of it is much is a lot different from uh, looking on a computer because it's like a physical object on the wall, and you uh, you're seeing the diagrams, and that's what you're saying about sequences. You know, you're seeing the order from mm. like left to right or up and down or however you do it. That makes you understand what it is you're doing better. You know, you have the you feel yeah. the structure. But you, you, by intellectually understanding the structure on the images and the diagrams and how things relate to one another and what, step, what steps come first in time, what steps come later in time, how it should look, that kind of thing, uh, mm. that gives you a kind of um, physiological feeling of, of, of um, what you're doing and where it's going that encourages you to keep pushing at it because you're, you don't feel lost. You feel... Uh, you don't feel like you're stranded. You have to sit down and figure it all out because those are the things that put people off practicing. It, 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 it yeah. helps you get started each time, which is really useful. Mm. Um, rather than you, you don't need to be like the, I will pretend you're going to suddenly have all the discipline to do it one day. I'm going to wake up at 4.30 tomorrow morning and do this. <laughs> you're probably not. Yeah. You know? But you would already be doing that if you, were, if you could do that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I think there's, that might start that might. Maybe that's the thing that will come back um, for this reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, I suppose, you know, I think you're really onto something the more I think about it. Because it's something, like, as, a, as I was saying, I think people are just over there's so much digital information that actually going back to just getting something in the mail and working through it with, like, tangible materials is, like, just when I hear that, I'm like, fuck, yeah. And, and it could be because I'm old and I can remember doing that uh, with certain things back in the day. Like I remember doing a couple of occult courses. That, that was probably 2005, 2006. So it's you know, fairly recent that that stuff is still happening, right? Um, Do you want to tell people what the courses were or you want them not? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, so I, I dabbled in the occult for a number of years. It was... Um, it was a fraternity, and it was uh, what's this guy's name? It was so long ago, I can't remember. It was it was White. You remember White? Al what was his first name? Alfred A. E. White. 
And uh, I think it was Ar- maybe Arthur or something, Arthur Edward Waite. So he wrote on um, like ceremonial magic and... Uh, yeah, theurgy, theurgical fraternity. Yeah, it was like the, yeah, the more kind of West, the um, kind of like uh, Grimoire. Golden Dawny like shit. Oh, yeah. it's more Golden Dawny. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then there was this other guy, uh, Ed- Edgar Casey, um, who's like a oh, famous... Yeah kind of dude and and he actually has a he, he was a part of this lineage kind of thing it's complicated uh, from memory but uh anyway so there was this um there was this occult fraternity and they were doing um a uh basically a correspondence course like that for the right. first bits of it um and i did that for a number of years uh before i you know ended up meeting the people and I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't really jive with it in the end. Although I did, I did get some interesting experiences out of it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I just kind of ended up coming to the conclusion that th- th- there was not nothing there for me personally. But uh, it, you know, it was it was cool because you get the materials every month, and you'd get like a, you know, basically some printouts of some material that you were meant to study, maybe some documents. Uh, some techniques and they give you, you know, what you're meant to do, various meditations or uh, visualizations are pretty big in the occult with some, you know, particular types of chanting and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, it was good. It was exciting to get it. And then you'd have, have something in your hand that you could work through, um, you know, for that month. And uh, yeah, basically, obviously being in a cult order, they would have a different uh, subject every every month like a different thing you'd have to master <clears throat> that's a part of that western canon and yeah i just found it was a good way to do it but again you know we were much less stimulated back then i'm just thinking of like there was no way you could log into facebook i don't even think facebook was a thing at that time if it was it had just started or when was facebook 20 2009 or something? Uh, yeah it would have been before that I think. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I remember, like, um, you would you'd yeah. be looking forward for weeks for the next edition of some yeah. magazine that you're yeah, yeah. subscribed to or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah, it was a very effective way of working through something. And w- when I look back, probably I dedicated myself to those so- sorts of courses uh, far more than I have anything online. Probably, and I, I'm not sure if that's totally because of, it's online or. It's just where I was at at the time, but <clears throat> you know they, they were very good. And even Dr. Hyatt's work—you get a DVD, you know, notebook, or a, sorry, a workbook. You just watch the DVD, you know, on a TV <laughs> or, or whatever. And there's very little opportunity to get distracted with that model. Um, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's probably a good way to do it. Whereas if you try to and put something from a say. Because people say, oh, just yeah. make a book. But it's different from, it's not the same as a book. A book no, is it's not the same. already in category of, you already have 200 or 400 of these fuckers in your house anyway. So like, yeah. it's just <laughs> another one of them. Yeah. And then it's not really the same. So like this thing is put, make yeah. it if you're, if it's a corresponding course or something. And plus there's people at the other end of it and other people are doing this at the same time. Yeah. And usually there's a way of yeah. linking up with the people and stuff, which is a, a draw for many of the people. Um but 
it goes against kind of the mental. Well, one of the mentalities on with social media, anyway. I know a lot of the internet marketing guys aren't like this, but the mentality of the social media is you have to be big and get reach as many people as possible. Mm. Uh, whereas if you're going to do something like this, it really is going to be a limited amount of people, but they're going to go deep on it. You know, they're going to be see, you're going to select for the serious people, uh, which is the most important higher thing. percentage of That's, viewers on it. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it's a waste of fucking time. Um, it's a yeah, waste of so if you get over the need for web fame, if you get over your need for web fame and having a mil- millions of followers, then yeah. maybe something like this is a way to go. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting well, yeah, that it's the occult people uh, like yeah. uh, pioneer this type of things and probably it was mm. porn subscriptions, magazine subscriptions probably pioneered subscription probably, model. Probably the one, yeah. Porn. <laughs> Uh, you know, like DVD. Um, uh, yeah. I studied this. I studied this years ago. Um, the the reason VHS video cassettes beat BMX is because VHS had a longer. Uh, their set tapes were better for porn industry, basically. So everyone ended up using VHS, even though BMX was technically better because it was just easier mm. for the porn industry. Found it easier. Uh, and then there's <laughs> loads of things like that. There's a book about it. The three its name, but. Um, the load, the porn people were the first people. Loads of stuff you see online as well. They're the ones using like the, you know, cutting edge, worst type of advertising. Remember, you know, you would go onto any kind of site and they would you get these pop up ads. You know, they were the first people using all those ones. I don't remember normal companies using those. Um, maybe I don't know. No, no, um, no. And uh, I'm talking very old here. I'm not. This is not an admission of my browsing history. That I'm getting them and nobody else is getting them. This is like back in the day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then it seems to be that and that that research I was reading then about the it was like the it was like porn stuff driving some of the technologies, or they're like the early adopters, but it also is the cult mm. ones as well, and um, the cult people because that early twentieth century kind of time when these correspondence courses were big. They, um, yeah. yeah. You know, like guys like, uh, and then later even Napoleon Hill and all those people, that kind of stuff. You know, they were all the you know the money making guys. So it's money making guys, it's the occult guys and the porn guys. It's just what you'd expect, really. The same things mm. that's full of Twitter now. Uh, Twitter's full of yeah, lots of yeah, porn, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> kind of stuff. Lots of people, yeah. uh, aesthetic accounts, which are basically porn accounts pretending to not to pretending to be traditionalists or something <laughs> yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, and then you get like uh, all the money making guys who are, you know, most of them don't even have any money. And then you get the, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then you get, you do get the cult stuff. There's, there's loads of that on Twitter too. But I don't really mm. follow that much. You know, no, I follow no, a couple of guys I'm who are interesting, but in general, I don't. It's, it's got that tacky fucking, you know, how they use all those weird symbols and it's all like, uh, yuck. <laughs> But I mean, if you think about it, the, every corner of Twitter has their own symbols in terms of memes and stuff, you know? They do. Memes upon memes yeah. upon memes. And somebody was, yeah. I saw today, somebody was criticizing, uh, somebody had done an ad or something, and all the ad was like one of these uh, faces, you know? I don't know, was it like a soy jock face, you know? What they're called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, one of those faces. Jacks. A Wojak. Wojak, sorry, yeah. So it was like one of those Wojak kind of faces and then round about it was 
um, standard objections to, I think it's like NFTs or something, which I know nothing about, I'm not going to get into, but anyway, this was the art. But it was all the criticisms about him. It's a scam, it's this, 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 this. They had all round, all round the, the pitch of the face, and people were criticizing this as an ad, saying, if I was doing an ad, I wouldn't have an ad that has... Um, that's saying all the bad things about my product that doesn't make any sense, but they don't understand that yeah. it's on top of that face, which is meaningful to a certain group of people. So they, they don't see it as negative points. They see it as that idiot type of guy would say these things, you know? Um, mm, yeah. So yeah. This is not, I know nothing about NFTs. I'm not pro or con or you know, any of that stuff. I'm just saying um, this is what the, these two people are debating. So they, they just, they're, they're, those guys just didn't, and didn't have those layers of meaning attached to that, so it was a completely different effect on them as a as a as a argument, if you can call it a meme an argument. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's that. Who won? Uh, that's as far as I followed it, because as I say, I don't I don't know anything about the fucking boring two people's point of view. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I I suppose um we we can start thinking about because I, I guess this kind of ties into something you say you say you've been putting together uh which is it sounds interesting so that that's the uh intelligent movement so so are you asking people what you should call something the other day i think right you were is this what that was referring to uh intelligent uh, movement? it's connected with it but not directly no um intelligent movement right. kind of just a sort of vague overarching umbrella term to describe mm. uh, a certain type of movement that isn't uh, dumb. Really normal, dumb people movement. normally think about. Yeah, stupid movement. Right. Um, yeah. so what I was asking on Twitter was, is uh, I was saying I'm involved in a, I guess it's like an emerging field related body mm. mind body techniques related stuff um in this field it has a name but people which i think is accurate if it's meant in a correct way however the most people using it and there's a couple of key people use it one in particular uses this name in a way that's not just different for me but contradictory and mm. he's quite influential in that realm and mm. i don't it will cause friction It'll cause, like, I'll have to deal with, there'll be, like, drama if I start using it in a different way. So I was saying to people, should I just do it and fuck it and take over the field and have the drama? Mm. Or should I just come up with a different name and do my own thing and forget them? Uh, so if yeah. most people, or a couple of people had said, um, uh, it's better just to have your, do a new name. I suppose that would fit with marketing, you know, start a new category rather than change the existing one. Um mm. So then I just thought maybe I might just I'm just deciding whether to pick a fight or not. Because I think the guy's using it wrong. And the guy has annoyed me and other people who I work with and like. He's annoyed as well. Uh, is this uh, gentleman known to us? Or is he uh, in any... No, 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 no. It's like a different field from... It's a different field. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm involved in it. And anyway, so I'd ask people that. And uh, it is related to intelligent movement, kind of. Um, not kind of, it is. Yeah related to that but the intelligent movements are different issues i'm kind of writing the newsletter on them i would just be rambling if i talk about it now because i'm putting together some uh science papers and things like that to 
uh, kind of show that I'm not just me talking out my arse, that, that it actually is some, there is some uh, reality behind it, and it's like a trend in science, although there's hardly any of them talking about this. And uh, it ties in with some of the things we've been talking about. And <laughs> complements it in a different way, because when I say intelligent movement, I'm talking about top-down kind of cognitive control of movements, not mm-hmm. some kind of rom- romantic thing. Oh, if you just get stop thinking and trust the intelligence of your body to none of that stuff, you know, <laughs> obviously your body is intelligent. Obviously there's layers of intelligence. Obviously animals, there's an intelligence, children intelligence, obviously. But what I'm talking about when I say intelligent movement, I mean, um, including that stuff, but also using the intellect and, and integrating intellectual understandings with, with movements directly, not, not writing about them and then moving as normal, not, um, Thinking, thinking separately, but thinking in the movements during the movements. Mm-hmm. And what I've been researching is uh, there's some philosophers and some, you know, cognitive scientists and other people. Uh, they're discovering that this idea that experts, so someone who's a genuine expert in some kind of movement-based art or uh, sport or some kind of activity, music, or it could be anything. Um, there's this myth that they just do it, that the that the expert, the really good ones have a totally clear mind and they're not thinking at all when they do the, when they're performing, that it's, if they think it just gets in the way and thinking gets in the way of doing and you should just have a blank mind and those, that's what the best people do. Well, they're finding that's bollocks and I've always, I always thought that was bollocks. I've always thought when people are really performing the top level of anything that you are they're constantly thinking and making little decisions, but it's happening so quick. They just have a much quicker conscious mind for that activity because they've been training for years and hours every day. Not the same as a normal person. So a normal person, if you're learning to do something, yeah, you get to a point where you can just automate it and you don't want to be thinking about it when you do it and it just happens by itself. But an expert is someone who's trying to get better all the time. If you're trying to get better all the time, you are thinking and being aware of what you're doing. And there's tiny little think decisions you have to make at any point, whether you're a sportsman or a musician or um, uh, anything that involves some kind of uh, more skill, intelligent more skill. Um, so, and it also ties into this idea of flow state. So everyone has this idea that you, the flow state is just this, you know, that I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy's name, but you know the guy who wrote that book, Flow. And the idea is that you get into a state where you stop thinking and it's just happening by itself and all oh, the time just passed so quick and I was really into it there and whatever. Uh, that as well, I, I don't think is true for a real genuine expert because they're, they're thinking and you're struggling and you're trying to figure things out at the top level. A lot of things are automated, obviously. More and more gets automated, but the the mindset of an expert or a, like a superior person in that sense is always trying to improve. So if you're always trying mm. to improve, you're not letting it be automated by itself. You know, it's like a, the flow state for me is the flow state is for midwits, for midwits, flow state is for midwits. <laughs> because or, or it's for an activity that doesn't matter, right? Like if, if you think about yes. it, it's kind of like I, I get into a flow state when I just know what I'm doing and I don't have to think about it. But yeah, like driving something, something like yeah, you're in the flow state and you can just do yeah, more yeah, more or reading it, it. Yeah, even at work, you know, tasks that are not cognitively demanding. But if I if I have a contract, well, like my understanding or something where the, I really have to focus on it. Yeah, 
Exactly, yeah. Like my understanding of the flow state yeah. is that even the guy who wrote it, it wasn't actually that you're performing at your best, it's that you the mm. feeling of was the best. The flow state is about mm. feeling, not performance. So you could actually be shit, but you feel great yeah. in the flow state. So that's the first problem. I'm very yeah. problematic if it just feels good, but what's the results? You know? I think the guy's that's yeah. what he says. It's like a misunderstanding of other people. Anyway, by other people later. Maybe I don't know that much. It's a long time since I read the book. Um mm -hmm. So anyway, so the the myth is, and this is what I'm writing about and putting together some resources about, is that um, ex that there's like no conscious control and expertise. They they just have to have a blunt mind and let it happen, that kind of thing. Um, and in my work with the intelligent movement uh, practices that I've been doing, uh, mind body techniques, you. I know this isn't true that you uh, are just do like you're you're not thinking. I, I know it's not true that there's a that you'll perform better when you're not thinking because I make people think all the time, and you're constantly struggling to think about more and more things at once because you're training that ability. It's something that needs trained. Like you don't expect to just lift the heavy weight straight away. You need to train it, um, and it's the same way with this kind of um, cognitive control of movements. You can train them. Uh, children naturally start figuring this out, or this kind of happens naturally to a certain level and then it stops until you have to consciously choose to train it as an adult or a young adult or whatever. Um, and this is why I call intelligent movement because otherwise you're just relying on sensations and feelings, which is just the same as an animal. You know, what's the point mm. of having all this conceptual thought and all the human stuff and the frontal cortex and all this stuff? What's the point of it? You're just going to go, yeah, but for intelligent movement, you have to get rid of that stuff and just... Let the animal stuff take over. It's it's totally stupid. And I mean stupid yeah. in a technical way. It's non-intelligent. It's anti-evolutionary, actually. Anti-human, actually. Um, doesn't mean you need to be like a, a, you know, a rational cell. And it's all, um, you know, it's just words and none, none of the... It's like the solution to everything, because it isn't the solution to everything, but that's the human way of dealing with reality is, is concepts and reasoning and using your intellect. And just for some reason with movement, people just you just are meant to just throw it away. Very strange. Yeah. It's not surprised people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm just thinking, uh, like, with I remember rugby, because I played rugby, um, you know, when I was a younger guy, and even when I was older, I feel like, I shouldn't have played because it fucking hurts when you get older. But um, yeah, when, when, you, when you're learning, and admittedly, it's a team sport, but you still have your position and the thing you got to do. But, you know, that's why you have a coach there, right? Like he's saying that you need to have this position and you got to think about what's going on and you got to think about the rules and what's happening. Uh, you need to develop that, that, that awareness. So you can't just run around the field like not thinking <laughs> that just it's absurd actually uh it's it's you know a lot of those activities that are very physical are actually also um quite mentally engaging uh yeah you're you, making decisions you're running with a ball you're, yeah exactly you're making a very quick decision about who to pass to or not to pass and it just happens so quick so like an expert and um the philosopher woman whose paper i was reading she wrote with a, I think it's a neuroscientist, I can't remember. Um, but the, uh, she's, um, her point is that you're not, 
that they're making constant little decisions all the time that um mm. that, that an expert is someone who she defines an expert as someone who's been training in that field for 10 years and does like four or more hours a day you know like a real serious person you know like think of the what's the, the swimmer michael phelps that's name that guy, you know, like he's just in the pool for hours every day. You know, that kind of ex- that kind of level of effort doesn't need to be the top guy. It just needs to be somebody with that level of um, obsession. Um, and you can't get these guys into psychology labs. Very hard to get these guys. They're not interested in $8 an hour to do a psychology test like students are, you know. So all the tests about flow state and all the tests about whether you're better to not think when you're doing things, there's loads of them in psychology and other fields. All of them are just nor are like students and stuff. They're not experts, so you have to make a distinguish. You have to distinguish between an actual ex, actual expertise in a field where you're consciously, deliberately training constant um, and trying to improve constantly and putting in the time, from just a normal person or someone who's even just trying to get good at it, but they're not like obsessed with it in that way. So there's that. First of all, you have to distinguish them, and um, uh, so that's. So her thing is that when people are doing things, they actually are, they're thinking all the time, they're using cognition all the time, uh, the best people. And then I found another paper by some other guys, I think it's psychology as well, but they, I'm only halfway through this one, and they're talking about, I would like to find the name of this actually, called An Ecological Approach to Cognitive Enhancement. Complex more. Uh, what sorry? Yeah. A what called a... an ecological ecological it's in psychology term. It's not um. It's not yeah. environment. It's psychology ecological approach to psychology. Yeah. An ecological approach to cognitive enhancement. Complex motor training. So their point is, is um. This page up. They uh. They're saying that you can get better. They're what you mentioned earlier about really physical things having a mental component. So this is what they've, they're studying. <clears throat> and they they did a, a study that had three groups. One was just people who did, it, it was to see if, because they know that it, um, exercise improves cognition and things, you know. So like if you exercise, you know, it's like standard in neuroscience, a certain amount of exercise, and they'll make people's brains work better, makes the physiology work better, stuff. Everyone knows this. Um, but what they so they did a study with just people doing aerobic exercise. They've improved them in in like purely cognitive tasks, you know, like something you would get on a computer or something, working memory training. Then they compared it with so there's people did aerobic exercise, people did uh, computerized memory tasks, you know, this kind of like brain training kind of things, and then other ones did a special type of. Uh, or I can't remember what they call it. They have some name for it. They, uh, uh, basically, it meant sports where you have to think a lot as you're doing it. But it's very physical and you have to think. So they chose, I think it's wrestling and dancing. So like they're like sure. high intensity action, physical movement, but you also have to think about spatial, you have to reason spatially and understand where things are moving stuff. And you're thinking about the, uh, you're thinking spatially, but you're also thinking verbally at the same time because you're having to remember instructions and what to do and things like that, you know? So uh, they tested these three things, and the people who did the the high-intensity sports that make you think uh, improved in all kinds of, like, sort of globally in cognition. 
not just on specific mm. tasks. So what they're comparing this is with like the there's a thing about chess. Everyone used to think if you do chess, you're going to be smarter at everything. And then they tested this and they realized that actually they're just smarter at chess. They're not necessarily smart. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. spill over into other tasks. It's really task specific, you know. And um, yeah. so like chess, even with chesses, they had the, they had the best memories of where pieces are on the board. Obviously, a chess guy compared to a normal person. No one would think, everyone would assume that's true. But then they tested them with remembering where pieces are on a board that isn't within a game and they couldn't remember as well when it was not within a game. You know what I mean? So their their, their ability to, their uh, working memory was totally dependent on it being in the context in the middle of a process of a game, you know, in that context. And it didn't even spill over to the pieces on the board outside of a game. So it's not going to spill over into other That surprises me. That really surprises me. It surprised them because you know they didn't um, they didn't do it. So That's really counterintuitive, isn't it? Actually, when you think about so, it. So like it doesn't. So their point was they were trying to figure ways of what things you can do that will spill over into cognition in general because they're like trying to enhance cognition by using um, complex motor control. So it's like I've talked with like it's more common in our sphere as well to talk about how physical movements and things like that are are intelligent. And they can make your thinking more intelligent. So most people agree with that. But this is actually trying to make your thinking more intelligent by instead of doing just thinking stuff, training just thinking, to actually do something that involves physical things also. Not both. Mm. This is not like do lots of study and read lots of things and then go and do a sport and then come back and do lots of study. That will improve some things. But what they're talking about is actually integrating the two. So there's no separation between the cognitive training and the physical fitness. Does that make sense? So do they they give an example of... Like is that? Uh, they used, I haven't got through to their actual tests okay. yet, but as far as I know, it's wrestling, and um, it's yeah, there's wrestling here. Maybe so, how would you do it? How wrestling. like what? What would that practically like? If you were to do, say, wrestling, what would you? How would you integrate the? Uh, well, what they're that? discovering is that as many people who do martial arts will tell you, it makes them feel they feel smarter yeah. when they do it. You know, like um, I've heard jujitsu described as human chess. You know, because you have yeah, to think about all the moon stuff. But again, as I said, chess has limitations of whether it spills over. But there's something to do with the intense physical nature of the activity combined with thinking spatially, and you know, trying to remember verbal instructions. Because, like, if you're doing uh, martial arts, you know, say you're in the middle of sparring, you you might think that you're just kind of implementing trained reflexes you know i've drilled this move so many times i'm just doing it but you're really not you're thinking about what to do and it's is this the right situation i can do this it's all happening so fast it doesn't mean you're not your cognitive um parts of your brain aren't involved in running it they are it just seems like it's it's all getting on me you know it's, and it's the way we've been taught to think about it yeah i think you're um yeah yeah i was just thinking on that point when, when you think about it you're trying to put pressure on the other person so they're not able to think. They're under so much pressure that they just cave, right? Like it's, it's the same on the rugby field. So if That's you're it, dominating, yeah. yeah, yeah, if you're dominating them, like you're trying to induce the opposite to what you're describing. They're under so much pressure that they're in a negative flow state and they just can't figure out what's going on because you're just assaulting them on on every level uh yes and whereas, then think I guess, about what that means in a game because you're to put pressure yeah, on them yeah. what that means it means you have to be aware of where they are in relation to you you have to understand that me everything uh, don't strategy, now, keep pushing forward strategy. you know 
Yeah, because if you back off now, they'll start coming at you and the momentum will shift. So you have to keep pushing forward. So you're already in this spatial, there's a spatial awareness recognition of where you, all the other players are, where the where the leverage point, if you just push here, then it'll make them keep go, keep retreating or whatever. And um mm. uh and at times and then you change your decision, you know, like like just really dawned to me recently how much uh, in Thai boxing half of sparring is pretending. It's deceit, it's lying. You know, it's, that's what half yeah. of it is. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, if you want to be honest all the time, you'll be a bad fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, um, yeah. Sure. it really dawned on me how much, because as I'm yeah. getting a little bit better at sparring, you know, I've not been doing it that, that long. And I'm like, holy shit, this is just, I'm getting better because I'm better at pretending now. Or, uh, yeah. you know, faints and whatever. And um, yeah. that is like you're fainting and then that becomes a, something or doesn't and that you're making these decisions constantly it's not automated like every sparring session somebody hasn't happened before how can you automate that exact circumstances and order of things the exact person's size that exact um, behavior you know even if it's the same person they're behaving a different way there's so many different things it's, you're never in the same situation twice you know Heraclitus you know, I'm not the first person to say this uh, no. Heraclitus said something like you don't spar with the same person twice was it <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, like, it's always different. So, you can't train. It's not an automated reflex. It's you're having to make a decision now in the time now. So, like, people have this backwards. You think because you have to drill things, they think that you're automating it. I'll drill this so many times it will happen mm. by itself. I just don't believe that's what it is at all. I think you're making yourself stupid. You're making, you're stopping yourself from becoming more intelligent by thinking that's what you're doing. And actually, what you're doing is you're getting creating more resources and practice in order to cognitively choose those things at the right moment. And your conscious mind's so quick mm. for this activity because you practice it um, consciously, deliberately, so many times. Um, this is what makes an expert different. Expertise, uh, experts kind of mentality as well. It's not constantly trying to get a little bit better all the time, um, mm. which you don't need to do if you're just doing something for fun and for distraction. That's fine. But what we're, these papers are talking about, it's experts. Um, so anyway, so this whole realm of behavior, I, I'm referring to as intelligent movement as opposed to the other kinds of movement, because the two main ways that people tend to approach improving movements are, uh, let's call it the the way of muscle and the way of feelings. So like the way of muscle, mm -hmm. it's, you just get bigger and stronger and it's all about, it's literally about muscles and it's about force and, you know, you do things directly, that muscle, what? What's the lift for? What do I need to do for this muscle? What do I need to do? You know that kind of mentality, and you use very reductionist, breaking very the enough. parts and leaving it left hemisphere. You know all these things, very, um, very. and it's like brutish. You know, it's just like just do it directly more and more. more. Um, so that's one. Of course, they would argue that it's it's for the the purpose of the aesthetic view afterwards. Of course, right? Yes, but that's. Yeah. The method of doing it is still the same. It's like the, oh, I'd like a bigger bicep. What do I do? I'd like a bigger this. You know, it's not integrated into a bigger thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. The methods, I'm talking about, even though they're thinking like that. Um, yeah. So there's that side of it. Uh, and then the the other, the other way, way of feeling is that if you just feel your body more deeply and you, you become very, very aware of your sensations and you do these somatic things that you... Um, you get into the, the deeper body, the natural body, and all that kind of stuff. For you, it'll just magically spill out into better movement, you know, because you you mm -hmm. feel new things, you feel the movement, the movements will become more pleasurable. You'll 
you'll say, I've been doing this body thing and I feel great now and stuff. All that's real, you do feel better and stuff. It doesn't, it's not the same thing as getting better at movement because you need some kind yeah. of way of measuring what better movements mean. So again, it's just that thing where feeling versus results. So, so they, what kind of methods, I'm, I'm a bit naive on this. So what kind of methods, the thing you were just talking about and how you trust, you know, trust the intelligence of the body, man. Like what, what kind of methods work that way? Uh, as an example, like in, in terms of movements and that kind of stuff. The, the Western kind of, well, one thing is the Western interpretation of things like um, Tai Chi and stuff like that, where it's like, I'm not saying this is how it was originally, but, you know, it's like you're just moving slowly and you're being very aware of the movement, you know, that kind of thing. Or you're, the way I was originally taught Alexander technique, the way yeah. that most Alexander technique people do it, it's about um, releasing the tensions and then feeling, try to feel it feeling of freedom, um, various other somatic ones where they just they do things to you and then you know it's better if it feels better. You know, that's like the, yeah. that's how they, do you feel, oh, I did this, I went to this therapy and now I feel great. It's good, it works. But I'm going back next week. <laughs> and then I go back the next <laughs> week. Well, is it working? Yeah. Or are you just getting a buzz and feeling good and, you know, it's not solving anything. Um, uh, so there's that kind of thing. So that's kind of like a there's the harsh approach and the soft approach, you know. Um, but both yeah. of those are at like a, at the levels of sensation. They seem like opposites, but actually they're both at the level of sensations and feelings. They're perceptions. They're dealing with level perceptions. It's you. Um, there's not actually there's not really much cognitive control in the movement at all. So there's this like, okay, I get a program to do these things for these muscles and you just repeat reps, you know, repeat on it's just like mechanical repetitions. There's no thinking involved. You know what I mean? Mm. But yes, you have to focus yeah, yeah. when it gets heavier and stuff like that. There's like a point of focus, but that's just one cognitive function, uh, focus and attention, important one. But it's just one, you know, it's not like intellect. It's not like using reasoning about how things are related and stuff. Very little of that's happening. Some, but not, not much. Uh, and because it's based on feelings, like they're directly feeling into muscles and feeling what they're doing to improve the movements. They, um, you can only feel so many parts at once. You can't feel like yeah. 20 different body parts. You certainly can't feel all the different relations between them. You can't feel whether part D is forward of part F or whether, but you know, these things all at once you can think of it. You can understand these. If you study some diagrams and you, you know, you can understand the relationships intellectually. And then, but when you go to move, you can only feel like three or four different things at one time, and you can't possibly rearrange that many things at once uh, just by feeling. Uh, and also, there's a the problem of whether your feelings are even accurate. I can demonstrate in any lesson with people that they're just not, you think you're doing one thing and you're actually doing something else. Sometimes the opposite. It's yeah. very, very common. Um, so, in a way, you could say, so if it's something like posture or movement, and you're like, is it better or not? So how am I going to improve it? Well, I'll just move it around based on the feeling and the sensation of it, the perceptions I have of it. Okay, now that perception is more enjoyable. Therefore, it's I fixed it. It's better now. You know, it's a really big assumption that um, that's like an animal. An animal, it's just all an animal gets is its perceptions. It just assumes perceptions as though is the world. And then they react according to those perceptions. And they only have a limited range of things they can do. Each animal is doing its own thing. We can't do that much more other stuff. Humans are obviously doing hundreds of different things because we have language and uh, reasoning uh, and tools. 
you know, the animal in a way animals don't don't have. And uh, this gives you far more options. So mm. when it comes to movement, people aren't really using this directly in their movement. They're not using this kind of cognition. They just they're just uh, in those two ways of the way of muscle, the way of feeling. You're just uh, fasting to the perception level. You're not actually using conceptual thinking about what you want to do at all. So yeah. during the movements. So there is people that do it before and after the movements. So if you can imagine like a professional golfer has this team of people teaching, uh, uh, training him. So they'll like get Watch him to do so he's like stuff with the swing and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's like swinging, and then they they give him some instructions. He swings, and then they analyze the video, and they say, "Look, you're doing this thing here with your back. Don't do this." And the guy's like, "I mean, I don't know any of these guys, but I guarantee there'll be things like, oh, I didn't notice I was doing that. It doesn't feel like I'm doing that." And they're like, "Well, you are. Look at the video. You're doing it." Then they say, "Stop doing that." So then he stops doing it, but he still can't feel it either. And they look at the video, go, "Look, oh, that's good. It's better now. You stopped doing that move, that movement you didn't need to do. You stopped doing it." And he's like, didn't even feel stopping doing it. So that's his cognition changed that without the direct feeling of it. You know, sometimes you feel it, sometimes mm-hmm. you don't. So he, this is the thing mm-hmm. people like, it's kind of weird to begin with. Like, you just assume you have to feel the movements to do them. No, you can cognitively yeah. make a decision about a movement, decide to do it, and you'll see that you've done it if you use video um, or a teacher. Yeah, I've had a golf lesson like that. Just, just on that, like, yeah, I know. Like, because when they tell you to do something and you, they're like, you, foot's not going properly and you and you you know your the follow through movement is wrong and i just remember like i had so much like i couldn't even well so they call it pro, proprioception right so it's just that kinesthetic internal perception just sort of short circuits and you're like i'm not even like i'm not seeing what i'm doing at all right, like yeah. yeah like you just can't even yeah but then they say something to you like yeah that's better and you're like a part of you is like you're like i didn't didn't do anything that time i didn't how was that better i didn't notice or yeah. and then you might even yeah. think oh this is a scam this guy's just making shit up i didn't do anything yeah, yeah. Just saying a yeah frustrating you're like i fucking am doing it yeah yeah like yeah no, yeah i, I am that's more common mm-hmm. yeah i did do it no you didn't mm-hmm. so he didn't mm-hmm. do it. i know he feels like you're put your uh moving that part of your body this way i I know it feels like that to you and when i asked you to do the opposite thing when i asked you to do this you actually did the wrong thing even more but you felt like you were doing the new thing that's common as well just in adjusting posture never mind like swinging a golf club and um Mm. uh so yeah and you might just think oh the guy is just saying he's making shit up in order to do this like but he's battering me up so i do more lessons with him and give him more money or whatever but actually yeah. It's your cognition. You are your understanding. You understood what needed to happen cognitively, and you, that part of your brain, as a higher controlling part of your brain, uh, developmentally evolution, uh, in, somehow recruited the right muscles and the right movements to do the, the perform the action that you wanted. You know, the, for the end goal. Mm. Uh, you might not get it exactly again. You might lose a little bit, but now that this is training. You know, you're getting better and worse, better and worse, and. Uh, you don't need to feel the movements when you're using cognition like this. Um, mm. uh, you can't. There's certain things you just can't do without doing it this way. So, like as I say, there's only the other interesting things you can do one time. But, uh, deliberately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, so that's that would be like animal. So animal behavior don't need any of this stuff. Humans, we need it because you don't. You're not born instinctively doing all the things you need to do to survive as a human. You have to learn a whole bunch of it. You would like. Mm. You're not born knowing how to build a house. You're born knowing how to 
well, not born, but you know, you'll you'll learn how to cover something over your head when it's raining. You know, like a basic shelter thing. But you don't you don't instinctively know how to build a house. That has to be learned from other people using concepts and tools and you know, and a plan. You're already using cognition to do that. Um, yeah. So and like even just making a basic tool, you're if you're making if you're sharpening a stone with another stone to make it pointy for a spear. You have already cognitively thought about a future situation. You're in thinking about the future. You're planning for the future. You're figuring out how to make this into something that it currently isn't. This is not perceptions. This is um, cognition future. It's not. It's not live in the now. If you live in the now, you'd never make a spear tip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I feel like the yeah. It's it's an important point. The th- the other thing with flow states, and I've never read that book book flow. But the, the question I often get is, well, I get into flow states doing this and this, so that I meditate just by doing the activity. I'm like, no, you, you're not understanding meditation. It's actually quite different. Medi- mindfulness of the task and being in a flow state of like not that there's a relationship, but they're not the same thing. And I feel like it's kind of it's it's the same difference you're talking about. So if you're in a flow state doing any activity. Yeah, it feels good like because you've lost track of time and you obviously know how to do the movement well enough to get into the flow state. But that's not the same thing as being mindful of the activity in a technical sense of, of what you're doing, which, which I think is related to meditation in a big way. I mean, people, people always ask me, what's the difference between a flow state and meditation? Why would I bother doing it? And I'm like, well, you're actually quite different. Like you could be in a... You could be in a flow state and be mindful. Technically, I think I think you probably could. I don't know. I don't the know opposites. Thought about it. Maybe even opposites. But because they have similarities, state, but they're not a, the same thing. In a flow state, you're in a trance. Uh, in a actual yeah. mindfulness yeah. type thing, Hypnotized, you're right? distinct. This is that. This is that. This yeah. is that. This is, you're you're dehypnotizing yourself. You're out of the trance. You're seeing. Yeah, you're trying you're not to be in yourself yeah. in the trance. Yeah. Flow is getting into it, which is. Yeah. It has its uses, obviously, and it's enjoyable, and that's why people think it's perfect because it's they happen to get a thrill from it. Um, mm. But I mean, how many people are correlating flow, their flow states with their actual results? There, I guarantee, yeah. basically, no one is. I mean, flow states no. all the time doing this thing, but does it relate to what they're trying to do? Maybe you don't care, but that's fine. But don't. It's not the same thing. Um, and I like I did yeah. so I learned the hard way with posture stuff. You've Feels like your posture is great. Feels like you're improving. Feels like you're moving gracefully. Feels like you're lengthening your back and getting taller. Then suddenly one day you look at yourself in video and think, shit, that's not what I'm doing at all. I'm shortening myself. I look terrible. I'm doing this bizarre thing with my front of my ribs and my pelvis and all this stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about myself, obviously. And, um, but that's not Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I felt better and better and better. But actually, in the videos, it got worse and worse and worse. Like, mm. and this is something that's intimate as your posture, and that was something I was doing professionally, and uh, really, like, it was mind blowing to me. I can't ever undo that. I can't ever undo that. And, uh, um, but it's quite good because now I'm like, okay, whenever I'm doing something, what is the, when I'm doing something that has a subjective effect, I'm feeling different things. What, how can I, along with that, because I'm not denying those feelings, obviously, I want to feel better and all those things. Uh, but what can I do along with that for this activity that is a quote objective 
measurement alongside it and then I can kind of correlate the two. So like for the postures, I've the videos. Okay, so I'm feeling these things, but I look at the video and I'm doing this other thing. Um, you know, I, did, I felt like I did to do this on the video. I didn't. I felt like I didn't do this thing, but on the video, I did do the thing. And um, so for other things, you're with the breathing, you know, you're, the feelings you have the breathing and then you're measuring. So they may or may not correlate. You know, you're getting better when the two things get closer together. Usually, yeah. Uh, although you might go, although if you're pushing yourself as a real expert, there will always be you're pushing to the next thing. It doesn't feel quite right, but then you, the objective side of it is giving you some advice on what to do next and giving you some feedback. And you, uh, you don't need to just rely on your gut feeling that everyone just worships their gut feeling, which again is just dropping to animal levels. There's a place for yeah, intuition in these things, but intuition is after reasoning, as far as I'm concerned. Now, people seem to think it's like. Yeah. You have to have reason and thought through things and understand concepts and the way things are. Then your intuition can start using what you already understand and making little punches and leaps and stuff. It doesn't count. Yeah. Like it's not. I think there's a. People have that yeah, I think you're right. I, I do think there's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a place for it, but only within the context of achieving an aim. So there's, there's a place where you do want to trust, you know, quote unquote, the, the intelligence of the body and all the squishy feelings and all that sort of shit. But it's not an end point. And it, it, it's like I would only ever use something like that in the context of trying to get somewhere else. So there's still an intellectual, not intellectual, but there's still a, there's still a plan. You know what I mean? It's playing into the plan. So if I want to do like, uh, just, just thinking like, yeah. So if, if I want to, do Zen breathing, like in the Zen way, how they just say, let, let the body just breathe like it wants to. That that's playing into a framework where that is useful for the outcome. Whereas I think maybe what you're getting at is, um, a lot of people out there just, that's their end point. It's just the intelligence to the body and squishy feeling. Yeah, but it's it's not thing. even that. I think it's just hiding from the harsh reality of thinking, which is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. like, uh, in the Zen thing, the master and master is the video. You know, he is the objective thing. He's telling you you are or aren't doing the thing. You're thinking, I'm enlightened because such and such happened. And he's like, mm, you know, no. Because he mm. he's he's the objective thing in that, but he you know he is only objective because his subjective feelings were overruled by the other master, and it goes back and you know I understand chicken and the egg when it start, but you get more and more objective uh, through time, and then the the subjective and objective should get closer together. That's my basic now with most yeah. things it's not i, I don't yeah, it's, it's just assume that there's two sides it, it, to assume that it's one thing with two sides to it you know there's the quote mental and quote physical side but it's really one thing and you can't know it directly we just kind of know both sides i'm not saying that really is the truth and just it's a useful uh framework and you can apply it to anything and um it really shuts down yeah, a lot can. of people's crap because they've got nothing to back things up with um, yeah, I I even had the some of these thoughts, not not in this way, because you know I'm just finding out what you're talking about now. But uh, at you know I was uh, at my last uh, Zen retreat, so so there was a little bit of speaking about breathing, um, and and obviously in Zen they don't talk about it much. They just say, well, you know, as you as you get more relaxed and more uh, engrossed, then your breathing will naturally 
deepen and uh, slow down, which is true. It's true. But I, I, I still felt, I feel like it's ignoring the reality of most people's physiology that actually it's not that easy just to do that. And there's actually effective uh, ways in which you can make it happen quicker. And I felt like putting my hand up and just going, yeah, okay. But someone could struggle with that for years, whereas you could easily sort them out in a couple of months. Like if you had them measured, measured them, measured the pace that they're meant to breathe at, train them, retrain the things. So set up a, you know, a metronome, like whether that's an app or whatever it is, and just say, just do this for half an hour a day to retrain and rewire your subconscious. You know, and, and I just feel like that rational approach is actually quite reasonable. Whereas in Zen, there's a real dogmatic kind of belief that not don't don't play with it don't into just let everything happen as it's meant to happen which i get i get that but i i feel like it, it, it there is a bit of a dogma surrounding it whereas um admittedly that you know the master there was very open to people doing yoga you know in between to try and stretch out the muscles so i don't think they're against it but there is in some of those things I've noticed, like I was just thinking at the time, like, well, you know, no, actually you can, you can really help someone get to the bottom of this uh, abdominal breathing, like really rather quickly. And they don't have to be confused for 15 years. You can sort it out in a couple of months if you want to do it. Yeah. They have the right. Uh, yeah. Just tools. something that came up. Yeah. And that's a different thing though, isn't it? So what they're, yeah, what they're, um, uh, promoting is, uh, proprioception uh, just pure just watch um in a way that's kind of what they're promoting whereas yeah I, from what you're saying is like well here's the physiology here's the language and the model and the exercises and various other things that you've you know deduced with the thinking capacity that can yeah enhance the activity they're using yeah, all the time, yeah. just not not they're like bit thinking they're not. So like in Vipassana ones are like this, they think they're just dropping down to the pure perceptual level and all that. And um actually <clears throat> what the practice yeah. is to to distinguish things. There is this, there is that, there is this. So you're using this that's like yeah. a cognitive thing to distinguish between things like that. And um yeah. you're you're um counting the breaths. So that's a mental tool. So you don't just yeah. start doing that. You have to be told, you have to understand what words are. You already have these layers of mental tools on top of one another, language, words. Then you get the instructions. Then you, um, then you're counting. Then you metacognition to go. Oh, I just went off in the daydream there and I forgot to count. Okay, I'll start again. You know, now you're using intentions, attention, intentions. You know, you're using all these higher brain functions. And uh, one set of higher brain functions is spatial reasoning, spatial awareness, understanding relationships between moving parts. Um, a lot of these things just get dropped out. The mechanical understanding just gets dropped out. Uh, and then in the West, uh, the mechanical understanding is taken up and obsessed over, and then they forgot about the connecting it with the cognition side of it. And that's what it's getting back to yeah. now. And that's when these papers I'm pointing to is where they're like, oh, these are just separate. It's not like um, they kind of, there's two parts of motor skills. You know, in motor skills, there's the, the what you would think is the body embodied. Um, uh, intelligence part where it's just kind of drilled in and it's in your body and if you get brain damage you can still do it instinctively your hands know how to tie your shoelace or whatever it is because it's like it's automated 
And then there's the yeah. other side of more skills where it's like in knowledge, you know, you have to understand concepts and how things work and you've taken in instructions and understand principles and you're applying these things really quickly, even if you're not actively thinking about them all the time, you're, it's in your understanding. And they kind of divorce these two things. So that by splitting those two things up in more skills, that's the exact thing that's happened in the culture where you've got all the mind guys and the academics, they're doing something over here. And then all the physical guys in the physical education and those guys are doing over here. Uh, sport and whatever, and they're uh, they're not connected. So, like the classic symbol of this would be imagine in a, is that an atomist who's completely hunched over posture. So he understands all the stuff about anatomy. I'll never know. Um, smarter than me and all the stuff, but then he can't seem to put it into practice. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Just as an example, you know, or like a big fat doctor <laughs> giving you advice about nutrition. <laughs> yeah, classic. You know, something like this is common. Um, yeah. So uh, that's all just part of this just giant split between mind body and the people. Mm. The thing that really gets on my nerves, and I run about a lot, not so much recently, but I'll start it up again, is that all the people who say that they're putting these two things back together, they say that they're mind, body, spirit, you know, they say that they're doing techniques for for um, integrating the mind with the body or the mental and the physical. But you actually look at what they're doing. It's all it is, is focusing awareness on sensations and feelings. They're not thinking. They're just, yes, attention. Intentions and attention are cognitive, uh, higher brain functions, yes, and you're deciding to focus them on sensations and feelings uh, yes that's using cognition one tiny part of it but then they're just that's all they're doing and they're just trusting that the sensations and feelings if they just listen closely or they see them more clearly then that's the truth and everything will be better i just think that's total yeah fantasy we'll yeah. just cut out the top of your brain you don't need it now um yeah you know, um animals are doing it anyway doing it better than you humans mm. aren't designed for that anymore we're way past the point of return to just do things instinctively like that we're like built now that you have to you have to have uh, you have to learn language and stuff like that, or you won't be a proper human. That's the way yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. You need tools. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no point in uh, descending unless you're going to ascend afterwards. You know, like it just it's uh, it's, it's pointless actually. So so yeah, the only. Yeah, I see it as kind of like uh, you know when you when you say all this, it's it's really quite obvious when you think about it, isn't it? I mean, because we do it all the time. I'm just thinking, I've I've done it in sports before. I do it at work every fucking day. Like it's literally what I fucking do. I've noticed uh, even in writing. I'm just thinking now. Um. So so you get you know you hear writers uh, talk about flow state. Uh, all the time and like how how wonderful it is well my experience is it's actually not that good <laughs> at least mine isn't that good uh because yeah when, often when i read something that i've written in a you know quote unquote flow state I, I felt motivated and you know maybe i wrote a lot uh but you know it's often doesn't make any sense the grammar's terrible the spelling's awful um it you know it's just long winded and kind of I have to end up, I end up cutting three quarters of it out anyway, um, and that part uh, is you know you have to be fully coherent and and in like aware of what you're doing. 
So I always wondered, like, what are you talking about? A fucking flow state for writing. Just sounds like the worst thing possible. I can understand, though, for example, if you were in a flow state uh, and you were doing something more like artistic or you know, something less technical, like um, like disciplined amounts of flow states could be useful. So if you you were able to use the flow state for various things and then temper it afterwards, uh, I don't know. Like I, I feel like you know it could be. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Um, for sure, my writing is terrible when I when I'm in a flow state afterwards. Again, though, it feels good. It feels good to do because uh, you're like, wow, I'm so productive and I feel so energetic and I'm just writing all this shit down. It's fucking awesome. Like, then you read it afterwards and you're like, oh, it's fucking terrible. That really is terrible. Anyway, yeah, yeah it, it, it seems obvious. It seems obvious. Yeah, it seems obvious. It's funny. But like my thing about the intelligent movement is that it's in movement stuff all the time. Where like uh, there's an intelligence cognitive aspect to movement that's just completely forgotten about. And uh, yeah, um, people are either yeah. the yeah. materialist reductionist uh, mentality of just everything's broken into parts. You know, like every this mm. movement's for these muscles, this pill for this supplement for this thing. Yeah. you know, like tip for tat, little like that. Yeah, like well, I spoke about that last week, of course. And we talked about the fucking yeah, problem with Ian McGoldfist stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah that, that's explained by that. And then the, the other ones, so it's basically this romantic idea of um, back to nature and uh, uh, the noble savage and all these things where <laughs> you just need to get away from all the concepts and stuff and then it'll all just happen by itself and be better. Uh, yeah. The thing about that's really seductive because when you start doing those things, you do feel better and you feel these deeper things, and it just feels so true to you. Uh, mm. That it must be right. More of it must be better. So it's a useful tool for yeah. bits and pieces. And in the beginning, but you just because it's so powerful and it's directly on nice feelings, it just they're so convincing. It must be better to yeah. have even more of these. Um, but really, mm -hmm. it's um, it's uh, you're just uh, handing over. Your, um, you're just handing over your responsibility to to like this imaginary automatic system that'll do yeah. it. So you don't need to think and live. Well, it's impossible anyway, right? Um, just cognitively impossible. What they're suggesting. So, no matter what, no matter what they do, um, it it's going to involve everything about us or everything cognitively and neurophysiologically is going to be involved one way or another um yeah i again uh i'm almost viewing the human body more so nowadays like and and particularly you know i have been doing a little bit about body work and writing work just a little bit lately um and I'm, I'm almost seeing it now as is instead of being obsessed with trauma and, and squishy love feelings and all this stuff that they always talk about that you can use these techniques from a yeah from a tool perspective like you're just utilizing a tool so if you know for example i, I spoke about uh vibration recently as being like this uh, very ancient mammalian uh way of releasing stress so so knowing that um that thing is not the end in and of itself 
but it is just another tool. So if you're able to induce that for a specific purpose, that's kind of where you want to end up with this stuff, I think, right? Like it's going into the squishy feelings is okay, just so long as you're, you know, you're mindfully using it and using it to integrate something or for a specific situation or, you know, whatever it is. And it just, it doesn't become the, 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 uh, the end point in and of itself, which it often does. Um, particularly when you look at, uh, people that talk about healing and fuck, you know, just all that, it's quite feminine, feely kind of stuff. Um, I, I feel like they don't have a plan. They don't have a, they don't have a reason particularly, uh, all their reasons are somewhat disconnected from, from reality, uh, as it is. So, yeah, I, you know, I, that's kind of interesting that you say all this, uh, and I'm not sure if that's exactly what you mean. I think it kind of is. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that integration is uh, is important, and that's that's the way I'm viewing this work. I don't I don't really view it. Oh, you know, we just got to get away from thought and and everything like that. I'm viewing it as like you're doing this for a specific reason to rewire by you know your biology in some very specific way that's going to benefit you in your actions in the world. Um, and if it doesn't do that, it, it's really just kind of an indulgence that, that has no context. You need a context, don't you? Like, why, why are you doing this thing if you, if you don't have a context? And it all becomes, uh, yeah, as you say, just an indulgence in being a shiny, happy person with, uh, you know, little fuzzy feelings and you know, having trauma um, come out of sacks through ducts and uh, leaking out, leaking, get, getting rid of all the trauma. <laughs> Le so. Leaking sacks of trauma. Yeah. Did, did you not? Uh, so so uh, there's, there's a famous uh, Hakan tweet that I used as motivation. Um, I think he said that uh, the, the, the overarching, what was it? The overarching metaphysical belief of affluent white female liberals <laughs> is that, uh, is, uh, what was it? I fucking got it here somewhere. It's a really good tweet. I'll put it up actually when I edit this. One of the strangest fixations of awful metaphysics, so awful as in affluent white female liberal metaphysics, is on a substance called trauma that they believe is stored in the body in small sack-like organs where it constantly threatens to be triggered and erupt out of its ducts. They assert life itself is about processing trauma. <laughs> Which, uh, I fucking love that tweet. Um, it's really well, good. I mean, this is related to what I was saying earlier about like the, the way of yeah. healing, yeah. you know, that method, because this is all, it's all about you, it's all about the, if it feels so feeling doesn't just mean feeling means this the weather sense it also means when i use it of um if the sensations are more pleasant or less pleasant or just new so they're they're you like you enjoy these new feelings you're getting because you're they're different sensations all these things can be useful tools and um signs on the path to of, you know you're making progress in something but they become an end of themselves yeah. for people and a lot of people are there yeah, just yeah. to feel better and yeah. a lot of them are to escape thinking and uh they're 
there really is something unhuman about I yeah. say subhuman, <laughs> but it's like it's it less than kind of human. subhuman. Yes, it's less yeah. than human to just throw away the cognitive side. Uh, yeah. So anyway, like a better way to, another way to say is that my what I'm talking about is a cognitive approach to movements, intelligent movement. Mm. It doesn't deny the feelings of movements, and it doesn't deny the physicality of movements. Obviously, it doesn't deny muscles. It doesn't deny uh, any of these things. It includes those, but it transcends them. You know, it's like uh, it organizes those things. So like a cognitive approach to feeling is to understand that your feelings aren't always accurate, to understand that they're not, that your sensations of whether it's a, a movement is pleasurable or unpleasurable isn't designed to give you, it's not a tool of cognition. It's not designed to tell mm. you whether that's better or worse. It's just telling you it's different. You do say you, it feels different. There's something going on here. You're, that's all those little sensations are telling you, tiny little perceptions. Is um, that something new is happening? It might be dangerous, so you feel a bit uneasy with it. So if you're going to try and change something, no matter how wrong you're doing something, in some ways it feels right, or you wouldn't keep doing it. So like when you try and change it, you're going to feel wrong when you first make a change. Not always, but often it's just going to feel wrong. So it must be wrong because how do you know it's wrong? Because you're judging whether it's right or wrong based on whether it feels better or not in that moment. So if your whole mm. technique is based on doing things to feel a bit better and you're judging, is this going well or not going well because I'm feeling better or worse? You can be going mm. literally in the opposite, the wrong direction. Because like if you're starting yeah, sometimes yeah. with meditation, you're if you're expecting to be suddenly calm and an empty mind, if you're meditating, you're in for a surprise. It could often mm. be the, like the total opposite uh, because you're, it, that's not what it, it's not. Um, it's not necessarily going to be more and more pleasurable, likable things. That It doesn't mean whether it's good or bad. Bad things happening might be bad, but it also might just feel bad, but actually you're, it's objectively getting better. Uh, and this is why yeah. you need people to teach you, and this is why you need some kind of outside objective feedback from it. It's not foolproof, obviously, but um, much better than just going by your feelings. And uh, Yeah. Um, the whole cut half the culture is that now and there's this I just noticed recently last couple of days ago I just thought about this there's an unholy reliance now between the muscle people and the fuzzy feelings people oh so yeah the, really that's a weird one so I haven't noticed the guys yeah. so they seem like opposites the harsh and the soft but what they, yes. so if yeah. you take like a really caricature exaggeration of the archetype of like a really um, reductionist Jim bro guy okay yeah so it's really like exact lifts for exact muscles and that kind of thing you know i know i've taken an extreme protein and creatine and this for that take this for this it's all yeah it's yeah. all like that so <laughs> if you take a guy like that yeah. and he does those things and he's making progress in that world and he's getting better in that world and, um and all those things he often has problems associated with the uh, You'll get physical problems and other problems associated with this, including emotional and mental things, even though there's growth in some of those areas, but there's also things will come up and you'll feel different. And also he's, you'll get injuries. So a lot of these big weightlifter guys, what do they do? They go to chiropractor every fucking week, every month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, like, yeah. And they get all their bodies just fall apart. <laughs> so I'm not even talking about powerlifters. I just mean guys who do weightlifting, who Weight, even trainers. Yeah. It's surprising how many fitness trainers 
also are given advice on these things and then they also have to go to a chiropractor regularly. I mean, mm. this should tell them something. So, and a lot of them, they end up going to all these somatic kind of feel-good techniques because they know something's missing from the way they're doing it, that kind of reduction. So it's, it's meaningless. You know, it doesn't, something not, there's something not, not enough meaning in it for them. So then they, Mm. They flip the other way, so they either become ultra-religious or they get into esoteric stuff. So there's all the esoteric gym bros now. Do you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's this unholy alliance between them. And they, yeah. some of them go like hardcore, or like a, like a hardcore orthodox version of some religion. Um, right. The ones who yeah. become into the esoteric fuzzy kind of stuff, and it's just like you would hear a yoga mom talk about you know similar yoga yeah they are, really are like yoga moms some of those guys uh, so they've got really the kind of thing the muscle yeah. thing and then they've got this feeling fuzzy thing and then those two things are looking for each other it's like it feels like <laughs> those two things complete each other and yeah. uh and actually some of the people who only do the feeling based stuff you'll find they'll they end up doing some kind of a physical thing you know they'll do um like they 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 realize there's a problem, so they become like very. Uh, they also become like mechanical about supplements and specific foods for specific things, and get really autist about uh, um, nutrition and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So they they like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's a there's a pipeline from the fuzzy feelings to that too. You know, so those two those two the feeling people and the muscle people end up creating this unholy alliance. But what they're both doing is avoiding thinking about movements. They're both keeping yeah. things at the perceptual, animal level, and the feelings and the muscles, and the, it's about strength and force, and it's about uh, feeling and new feelings, and, and you know it's this kind of combination. Uh, feels like they complete each other, uh, but both of them are avoiding cognitive control of movements during movements, thinking in action. Yeah. So obviously, there's lots of people who very smart uh have intellectual projects or academics and all that kind of stuff on the one hand and then on the other hand they're like really advanced in various kinds of uh, physical culture or sport or whatever on the other hand but they're like separate spheres for them you know they're not hmm. they're not mm -hmm. applying that cognition and the intellect during the movements they may be doing before you know they'll study everything about the movements but then when they eventually do them it's like trying to get it automated again and drilling things so they've dropped a, yeah. they've dropped a level of um what is this really? Because it, it's it's not really a habit. It's this is more like a way of approaching the world, a way of finding what's true in the world. Epistemology, what it is it's like? Yeah. Do I figure out what's true based on concept, the conceptual reasoning level, or do I do I drop down to the perceptual feelings of sensations level, and that's where the truth? That's how I find the truth. Because that's what the mm. the somatic guys do. You just if it feels better, it's it's better, more or less. That's yeah. the kind of assumption and. Uh, um yeah so I, I think thought and yeah that's interesting just sorry sorry to interrupt i just yeah i just had a uh, thought um because i would never interrupt you no no <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just the um yeah i think they're mutually reinforcing thought and you know quote unquote uh or let's just say the physiology uh because you know i i firmly believe it's the quality of thought uh is commensurate with the uh, quality of physiology and that doesn't just mean being a massive cunt and walking around like lifting huge weight it's far more complicated than that but this is like another element as well so i've i've 
you know, I definitely thought about physiology impacting the quality of thought, but it's also it's mutually reinforcing in the way that obviously thought is going to impact uh, the physiology and its quality because you're not going to be able to make any reasonable or enhancing change without having thought. It's just fucking uh, listless, you know, not not to have that. So so it's kind of like what well, I guess what you're suggesting is getting away from the extremes of each thing and just really just acknowledging uh, the totality of the physiology and, you know, and the thought and how it's all really just one thing and all interconnected. And you it's can't system, focus yeah. on one bit without focusing on the other bit, which is what left brains do. Um, so you could almost like, we, we almost need a, a word for thought and physiology, just one word. Because they're not really different, are they? Like to to describe everything. Because um, because if you say like body mind or something like you're acknowledging implicitly that there is some kind of difference. I guess conceptually it makes sense to. Yeah, this is why I ended up with right. psychophysical because psychophysical yeah. has been used with a hyphen. So I just thought, well, I can't right. find a word, so I'll just take away the hyphen and put them together. As if it's yeah. one word, but really, it's you're right. It's made from two words, and the two things were never separate. Yeah. They're, they're you make up a constructed word. out of it. You should do it. Um, the, add add something to the English language. You could but, you could be. I'll think of something. Anyone who knows me for long will know how long I take to come up with the names of things. It can be years. I'm still talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing. Like, yeah. There's like tales of <laughs> DMs of people about this or that. What about this one? What about that one? So annoying, like it's like I'm having a baby, you know. So I pick a name. The, um, the but yeah, the, it's not like there are different levels, obviously. So like understanding the relationship of the elbow, like what the elbow is, and the intellectual understanding of the elbow and the way it is in relation to other body parts, and all of these things, how you could use it as a tool, <laughs> you know, a weapon. Uh, is different from the sensation of slapping the end of your elbow and feeling the. Just, you know, that's they're different levels, but they're obviously interconnected mm. in some way and inseparable. Um, so really, for me, it's the cognitive aspect of it. It's not like I've got everything upside down, and I think cognitive is the main thing, and then the body's just a tool of like a, a homunculus wee man in your head, who's the cognition yeah. controlling everything. It's not that. It's that yeah. it's grown up out of this, and it's just the way humans are now that we're our physiology. Part of our physiology is as a top-down controlling guiding mechanism uh, that we call cognition, that these things are intertwined now. Obviously, most of the traffic is up the way, <laughs> you know, like because there's a body and the emotions that are behind these things. You can't have cognition without these things underneath them, obviously. Um, you know, it's not floating in space. Uh, many people seem to act like that is true. Um, but the opposite isn't true that you can just throw away that and expect all to function by itself. We're just, we're condemned to be cognitive creatures now. That's what we are. Um, and the more tools people use, the more cognitive creature we are, the farther and farther away from just basic perceptions. Because that's the thing about yeah. the muscle people and the feelings people. Their reality is just the direct perceptions of the immediate present. Mm. They're not, um, it's not, uh, it's not because well, thinking is is involves future, involves you know practical thinking. It's all about the future. Yeah, 
temporal yeah cognition yeah and analyzing the past of course as well is uh, a big part of that yeah yeah and so yes yeah, so um, and making yeah. simulations of the future remembering things of the past and then making comparisons making little quick judgments of what to do based on those things and um some things are obviously automated at lower levels that you don't have conscious access to many things aren't and mm. um the thing i've found that i've learned in my work is that you can actually control movements in ways using your cognition that you don't think you can because you're you don't feel them directly. It's not some woo-woo hmm. thing where you like I'm just you know like casting magic spells on your body. Well, you kind of are actually. You're using words to direct things to happen, but you're really seeing if they happen right now, you know, in the video. And you can get hmm. you can decide that you want a certain arrangement of body parts. There could be like twelve different relationships. So you've got like twelve different spots on the bones and you want a very specific arrangement of all the spots and you don't have them naturally. How do you get them? Well, you could try doing weights and feeling the body deeply, but it won't, and I know this, I've tried, it won't make them make this certain arrangement that you've reasoned out good. And then you, if you want to, but you can use your cognition to do it where you decide and advance all the movements you want to do. And then you just set up a sort of little uh, experiment and you direct yourself to do all those movements at one time and don't care if you can feel them or not and just see which ones happened, which ones didn't. You'll, With a bit of training, you can start doing two movements at a time, then three, then four, then five, and then eventually you are you can do a whole bunch of movements at one time. You can't feel, you've got all weird feelings happening, but you can't tie one feeling to one movement too quick. Mm. You're doing all the movements at once, but you can see on video. Yeah. Fuck it, shit, it's working. Really, really weird. It's like, um, oh, yeah. anyway, so you just get this, you get this, uh, a really sort of intimate understanding of how interconnected the cognitive, intellectual um, relationships between things, that kind of understanding, um, and all these abstractions, and then actual physical sensations and movements. Yeah. Well, you know, even if, the uh so so you have the bodywork people for example like the extreme you know uh, I, I don't know the word neo reikians or feely trauma type type people that just want to forget thinking and just go back into the body and sensations uh, etc who who acknowledge that they have a problem uh very often so they have trauma or whatever else uh, you know um so i'm being unfair to a lot of these people this is just an extreme case but if um on some level they would have to acknowledge that the reason they have problems was really induced probably cognitively very often you know because they're cognitive experiences that led to the different armoring in the body and um you know anxiety responses are all largely cognitive in some way because you're interacting in the uh, in the world and you had a bad experience or interaction that you know involved the intellect sometimes even belief um and that belief continues on and it's kind of represented in the body you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah there's there's no real way to escape it it's just we as you say we are just uh, you know, perceiving and thinking creatures. Is, We're making conclusions all the time. 
you know, they're coming to conclusions. Yeah, even yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there's this feeling, oh, that's trauma. There's a conclusion. There's like now you've got a yeah. load of baggage for that. Yeah. And then, what um, is that even like? Just calling it trauma is the problem, right? If you think about it, like I, I always thought like the, the biggest, like, like I almost feel like psychology, if it doesn't involve like just training, retraining, is really just a, a scam because you, like if you use the word trauma or whatever you're kind of like teaching someone to just hold on to something and to call it something whereas you could just go well you just forget it <laughs> it doesn't matter like just it doesn't fucking matter like just let it go but it, it's there's this tendency to just no it's trauma and it's mine I've, I've got to hold on to it i'm going to apply this word to this feeling and that's what it is and yeah i just feel like they're going the wrong way about it very often yeah i mean they some you know like they start again. It's like we were talking about last week. They start. It's start yeah. starting with the the words of the concepts, not the thing that they refer to. I mean, the words and concepts yeah, come yeah, after. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they come from the world. Of, like I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I was saying earlier, the sensations and perceptions are first, and then concepts are coming out of those things. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm not denying. The, the, the concepts have to go back somehow to the world of perception. In the sense of you have to look for some. Uh, evidence that what you're doing is affected things, you know. So you go back to perceptions, yeah. you know, some video. You know, don't touch your feelings about the posture. Look in the video, see what you're doing. Well, you're back to perceptions because you're looking at the video, but you're yeah. using an intelligent, a more intelligent type of perception, using the right tool. Sight is more accurate than the than the um, kinesthetic feeling of it. But the kinesthetic you're feeling is more together. direct and intimate, so you yeah. believe it more. But you shouldn't. Yeah, you're putting it well, together like properly like closer than what it is you're putting you know again i'm wrong but you're integrating the two things to be closer to to the reality of what's going on rather yes. than going with one or the other and both being completely out of out of sync yeah and as your understanding changes yeah. based on things like yeah. looking and uh, analyzing and reasoning about them and your your movements and or whatever you're doing will will start to change according to that because you know you've changed your kind of internal model your simulation of what's happening and because mm. that's another cognitive thing you can you can run a whole model you can change your model of your understanding of the movements and it starts affecting many things at once um yeah, yeah. and then it's not a tit for tat way you don't just learn one little thing and then that goes with this movement do that one then this other little thing you, you'd learn and then you do that one movement it's not like that it's it's a big uh it's just a, a model as a whole and then you start getting closer and closer to the model as a whole rather than just yeah. it's not like a lego you don't just do one brick at a time you have to somehow yeah, get it all yeah. to happen together because you're an organism not a machine yeah, you're not, yeah you yeah. have mechanisms but you're not you're not a mechanism um no no but uh which the the muscle people think it's all mechanisms yeah, you're a mechanism the yeah. feeling people are like, there's no mechanisms at all. We're just one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They go the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. Both are, they're which, like, which on some level is is kind of true, but then they're yeah. using it like in a way that's not really the case. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's okay to I mean, have those realizations or whatever. It's partially true. They're partially true. Yeah, there are exactly. parts yeah. moving around the mechanisms, yeah. and there are everything is interconnected to one thing in, in, in a way. But it's not just those. That's it's like if somebody took Ian McGilchrist's thing and said, "Okay, you're either all left brain or you're all right brain." Nine L. Yeah. Now he's obviously critical <laughs> yeah. of the over left brain, but 
a lot of the people who like his book just flip the other way and try to be all right brain and get rid of all right. that stuff. It's like you mentioned you've been on the forum or something, right? Have you have you seen what they're yeah, like? Yeah, uh, that was a long time ago. But just in general, right. the people who tend to like it tend to be wishy-washy. Not all the people. There's yeah. lots of really smart people like it. And McGillicus himself is ultra smart and you know rational and all those things. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying a lot of his followers jump on it because it gives them an excuse that, oh, cool, it is just all about feeling and feeling bad. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to think about all that annoying stuff that I find hard. Yeah. All those things where I have to acquire mental tools to understand a next thing and then struggle through and figure it out. All the things just people don't like doing and being used yeah. to learn to do because you'd die if you didn't do it um, yeah. in the past. And now we just kind of have a choice. So we just are choosing not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. So anyway, that's cognitive control of movements. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um uh, to reading it when you when you finally get around to uh, putting it out. I'll put some examples in the newsletter as well. But like, I'll try and show an actual. I'll show some pictures, saying like here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I haven't decided what example to use yet, but. Like the, like, good... I guess they're movement sequences or something where you look at yourself and then you try to figure it out or what 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 do you think that yeah would... it's just to show that trying to like if you're trying to do one say you have a a goal in mind that i want this structure you know i want um this part to be forward of this part and this other part to be above this part or whatever um or i want there to be a vertical line i want these specific bony parts to be in a vertical line uh whereas yeah. at the moment the middle one is far further out than the top Top and bottom one, say something like that. I want it to be a flat line instead of a triangle between these parts. Well, you're already in yeah. like reasoning world now. You know, you're not feeling these parts. Yeah. This is intellectual, but yeah. they come out of real things. You know, you're abstracting out yeah. of the, the, a physical yeah. body, actual um, existing things. Yeah. yeah. So you, you could, I could, for example, now you say, okay, so if you just go by the way of feeling, or the, if you go by the way of muscle, okay, so lift weights and do all these, do this program for three months and see if you change this alignment. You probably won't change it much yeah. at all. It'd be very little. Some people actually make it even worse uh, based on how, because you're doing, you already have a wrong coordination. So you're going to do the lift, weightlifting with the wrong coordination. And they're just relying yeah, on. Yeah, you're you. just like setting it in stone kind of thing. Exactly. You're just <laughs> using the problem. Yeah. You're using the same problem yeah. to solve the problem. Um, yeah. And they're relying on you bulking up muscles in certain areas that change the force, the physical shape, which will force you into a different structure because this muscle is bigger or that muscle is bigger and it will like hold you in place. But if you stop doing weights for three months, you would just go back to the exact same structure you had before, you know, this is, and I've done this. Yeah. So I know it's, I know it's doesn't do anything. It's like a bandaid or it's like imaginary. You just totally temporary treating the symptoms. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I could show someone trying to change this alignment I talked about, trying to make a straight line between these parts rather than a triangle. So, um, for example, this will be easier to understand on the newsletter with the images. And if you just go by your feeling, and so that was if you tried it by the way of muscle. If you tried it by way of feeling where you try to relax those parts and let it, uh, you know, try and feel it into a straight line, I'm going to keep moving around and I'm going to keep feeling until those feel like in a straight line. Okay, I've got it now. They're in a straight line now. Oh, this feels great. Look at yourself in a video side on or whatever. Okay, it's still a triangle. That's weird. It feels like a straight line now. Nope, it's still a triangle. <laughs> you know, or it's even worse. You can yeah, see yeah. it. You've been doing the wrong thing, but you felt it was the right thing. So 
that would be the two ways I've talked about the muscle and feeling. So if you were to do the cognitive way, you'd be like, okay, so what do I need to do in order to create that alignment? Well, this part, this part would need to go back. This part would need to go forward. This other part would need to go back. Mm -hmm. Oh, but they're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. So those top two ones would need to, the top and bottom would need to go forward at the same time as the middle goes back in order to do all three. So then you're like, oh, okay, so, Huh, but I can't feel those parts of the bones. They're bony parts. I don't have a feeling for them. I just have a vague feeling of the sensations yeah. around that area. Yeah. So, yeah. so when I try to do it, I just do something stupid and or bend over or the legs wrong. So okay, so I'll break it down. I want this part to move back, that part forward, this part back. Uh, okay, but okay, I try it. Okay, it went too far that way. So I wanted to stop. You know, I want this one to go back faster than the other one. I want this one to go back slightly slower because yeah. it has to go first. Ah, there's a problem. What's stopping it? Oh, it oh, reminds me of your my pelvis. This is exactly like, what fucking happens. So I have to move <laughs> so my pelvis. Now, fucking frustrating. Exactly. So like uh, I've gone, that's gone the wrong way. So now, oh, there's another problem yeah. because in order to do that, I need to change this other relationship in a different place. Yeah, and then my shoulders um, forward now, and my fucking head's up, and like yeah. just everything, like the way you yeah you move those well the three bits and then it just yeah your feet are up or and you're like ah oh, fuck now i have to adjust that and then then it moves again and you're like ah <laughs> it's honestly yeah it's really difficult exactly it's easy, yeah. so that's all cognitive if you think about it because you're looking yeah. on a course to yeah. get a plan for how to change this problem you're doing this it's cognitive during it because you're trying to reason out the movements and then make implement all the, the the, the new movement at the same time, you're like, it's straining, you're feeling strain. It's not flow state, it's the opposite of flow state, as you'll have noticed. You're like straining to get it. But then eventually, some things start happening, quote, by themselves. But really, it's you created that, those, you created that skill cognitively. And now that part can be automated. But now you're working on the next thing to add more in. You're solving the next problem. So you're always like straining for the next thing. But you're not having to remember all of them in your working memory at the same time. You know, no. it's not like yeah, you're retraining using your intellect. You're retraining yeah. your unconscious. You've made you've right. made it smarter. You know, so you've made it more intelligent. So yeah. the movements, even the movements you're not aware of in the moment, are more intelligent now because you put them there. You consciously chose them and decided and trained it there. This is what makes it intelligent movement. It's not just happening by itself. No amount of feeling will make that happen because you had to use your reason to figure out these movements and then the cognitive control during the experiment to try and make them all happen and then the cognitive control to check on the video to see if it worked or not. So like you're um yeah this is impossible for an animal to do. But an animal doesn't need to do yeah, it because an animal's already doing it the right way, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, because they don't have the conceptual part of their brain that does these things. So this is the downside of the human ability to uh, have language and make tools. So like yeah. is the downside is you have to use your cognition to optimize your movements they're not going to mm. do it by themselves but you can get away with it but, because we have enough tools to make us survive because we can make food and all that so everyone can be a slob and hunched over yeah. and still survive uh, or, or take now. supplements take fucking yeah. supplements because you feel like shit or whatever because r- really it's a biomechanical problem but you're like no i need to buy the supplement and fucking eat it because it's that's easier right it's easier to do that exactly than to change the habit that might be causing it it's the same with breathing because no one breathes probably. Uh, no one I've come across. So literally I have to send them home with a, you know, a metronome to just go, well, just do this for, 
you know, half an hour a day or even more if you can, because you, you have to sit there and consciously change, change it. Then of course, <clears throat> you know, same thing, making people aware of muscles and, uh, just, just the whole thing, uh, which is something that was completely unconscious before, uh, becoming conscious of the process, consciously doing it, which then becomes more in line with with what's meant to be happening uh, over time. So in a way, I think, yeah, like all this, all this work when it's done properly is is the same thing you're saying here, right? Like it's it's objectively measuring um, and just twisting the body to be in line with what's meant to be going on with along with the uh the um you know the model the internal model of the uh, cognitive model of what's happening as well yeah and there's Just also um, all these things yeah there's also the um the tie box of what we're seeing the start is the is it we're we're thinking about like experts. I'm not saying we're the guys with expertise. Everyone else is, you know. No. I just mean we're thinking about like how to improve all the time. So we're actively using cognition to improve things that some things have been automated and all that. Obviously, uh, some things feel better, but we're actually always pushing a little bit better, trying to improve it. That's our mindset on it already. Is to each time try to make it a little bit better. So, but not everyone's doing that. Some people just want to be. To take away the bad the bad experiences mm. or the bad feelings, and that's fine for them. That's all they want from a technique. They just want to get rid of the just to feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. which also ties into the problem we said at the very start about finding the right people on Twitter, because that is what most people are doing. They're just it's like um, yeah. something comes up and they just want to fix it. They're not. I mean, this is okay. I'm not. It's not really a criticism. Really, it's just the way it is that most people aren't. Doing things in a serious way, like an ex with a with the value of expertise, value of like no. being excellent at this thing. They're just not. No, they may no, be doing no, it something no. else, but just most things, they're just going to come to you to get something fixed. Some people, like I'll get people who they come just for the posture fix, or they come for something, and then they they love the technique, and then they it becomes a thing that they want to get good at. You know, they they get um, into it like that. But that's not the reason yeah. they came in the first place. Usually, people just want a, a, a basic problem fixed, which is normal. But yeah. If you yeah, felt like, would people... you go and buy somebody's service if you already feel good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost like the purchase is enough to make some people feel feel better. I like I um like I've had a stream of people like they'll come in and see my work, then they'll get in contact with the DMs and like they'll they'll ask questions for a while or whatever, and then. You see them, they just kind of lose interest because it's not interesting anymore because they've gotten to the bit where they're maybe having difficulties and they need to, you know, actually fucking, that's a bit that's important. And they'll just, you see them, they'll move on to the next thing. <laughs> and then they'll probably do the, the next thing. They'll get to that stage in the next thing and then move to the next thing. And yeah, and then move on again. But yeah. it feels wrong. That's what it boils down to. But this is like, this is not really a judgment of people. It's the, Partly to do the education system now, it doesn't teach people how to, um, to self-experiment yeah. like that. Uh, to yeah, yeah, uh, to regulate your learning by yourself because that's not what they want. They want worker drones. Uh, you know, they yeah. they want you. Yeah. They want you to be passive. They don't want you to be actively thinking this because you're a pain in the arse for people ruling things. If you, 
because yeah, I mean, yeah. you can imagine. Well, first of all, most teachers aren't good at this stuff either. Um, no, but even if they were, yeah. can you imagine trying to like you know, there were young ones that you've just taught to question? You've given actual methods and tools for questioning everything and, and all that. You couldn't teach them yeah. in a mass schooling format. Small private schools, sure, but not in not in a mass schooling. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, you know, even even people don't have the concentration to listen to you know what we've got to say on here properly before they fucking criticize us for things. <laughs> you know, people are just not after uh, you know what you're trying to present necessarily. Which you know is cool, whatever, whatever makes them happy. But particularly with work like this, it you know edges on ridiculous to just consistently change things before you uh, you get through the work uh, to a sufficient degree, and you can maybe integrate something else. But yeah, it's not on the menu, and you know people are very distracted. Um, it's easy to have a dopamine hit and I, you know i'm guilty of that as well i bought courses thinking oh yeah i'll do this and i've not fucking stuck to it so it's not a criticism because uh i've done it before for sure please hey, Sally, yeah we're like we know we've been on, we have been on the other side of it so we know like this is what i was saying about the physical newsletter i'm thinking what will actually make the person do it um yeah as opposed to what do you do it why don't we do it why don't you set up a newsletter and we'll put the details in the uh, in the comments here in the under the video. I could try, love. So I could just say, I could just say to people, look, if I get enough, this is when it's launched. This is when I'm sent this date. I'm sending out the first uh, monthly edition, first issue. Yeah. Can't even remember the magazine, the works for magazines. The first issue, <laughs> yeah. Sent out, yeah, yeah. And then you have to buy it by this date, and then if not enough people buy it, I'll just refund the ones who did and uh, not do it. But if they do do it, I'll, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll tell people in the th in the sales thing, I'll say, you know, if there's not enough people, I'll, I'll just have to refund your money. Um, and to see if people I'm are keen. interested. You don't know unless they pay, obviously. I'll I'll, uh, I'll definitely buy one. So I'll get you started. Um, yeah, if you go ahead with it. I'd, I'd love, yeah. that. You Because know, I would I'd put like pictures to... of me doing stuff in it as well. And I'd put like um, uh, with pupils with their permission. Um, I'm. I'm actually thinking of trying at the moment. I'm trying to find a couple of people to do ongoing case study things, where you mm. know, like uh, every week they do a lesson, and then I make a video or or something out of it, analyzing it. Be very structured. Right. Yeah. Very structured for me, anyway. Uh, it'd be very mm. structured, and um, every week I would do another thing, and but they would have to pay something for it. They would have to pay like half or something because I'm not giving it free because they won't be serious. Um. But they would have to agree to be on video and blow out their face and stuff. So it's not going to be like, it can be yeah. kind of a non as you want. Um, yeah. So if anyone listening is interested in that, let me, uh, get in touch. But the, uh, I'm not sure exactly. I was about 15 it. kilograms and I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> My fat body fucking ice all over the internet. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put the word out. Put it out. We'll, um, well, how should they contact you? Should they contact you on uh, um, email Twitter. or what Twitter you, message is the best. Twitter, yeah, Twitter. As much as I criticize them, but like, yeah. how do I contact you? Oh, Twitter, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, people yeah. are on it too much, but you must go on it if you're going to contact me to give me money. So that's fine. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I hate it. And you that's how you will get the newsletter that is designed to circumvent it. Is, uh, <laughs> well, that's probably how it's yeah. But that is the nature of it. That, is, that can't be helped because I don't have like yeah. a... Uh, uh, Paper. I don't have a list of people's addresses. Direct mailing list. Or something. God, I'm turning into the direct mailing marketer now, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, funnel. Send me now. Instant posture fixed. Grow two inches, which is a real thing. Which is a real thing. Yeah. With this uh, one posture. simple trick. Oh yeah, there is one simple trick. Use your fucking reason. But you know, it's not that simple. <laughs> and I struggle with it too. Yeah. That was the point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but all this goes back to our very first episode together was um the, the brain bad brain design. And uh, you know, like it's not designed you're not designed to be easy to cognitive control of all these things. That's not the way a brain's designed. It works like that if you train it. But it's not just gonna happen by itself. It's kind of a luge, some of them say, and uh we're just trying to arrange the brain and the body in a better way. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Uh, so, so it's a good good way to finish, I reckon. I'm gonna have to yeah, cool. Have an early one tonight. I'm fucking. But yeah, I'm just gonna make some notes here because I'm gonna put um, put your Twitter fucking handle on there. Just so I remember when I edit it. Twitter handle and this is for the videos if people want to participate. And then the newsletter. So you're actually going to do this? I reckon you should. I reckon it's fucking a good idea. I am thinking about it actually now, yeah, because uh, I would just um, transfer. That would just be the thing. I wouldn't have a Substack. I would just um, I'll have some other thing to pay so that you don't have to pay the ridiculous Substack money, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could do it through Substack. I could just say, join the Substack, get this thing. I could do that. That would be the easiest way to do it. I like it, the idea as a physical thing, though. I like that. No, what I mean is to, to sell it. I mean, join the Substack and I'll post it to you. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I see. But I, I don't think I could do that because, well, for starters, it has to be more than the Substack price because you have to pay for all the postage and stuff. So it's going to have to be You could just use PayPal, couldn't you? Yeah, like if something like that, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, just fucking yeah, yeah, I would just do that as a, for the trial, yeah, because for the trial, I'd just be like, yeah. is anyone actually going to try this? And if you got like yeah. five or ten people in, it looks like it would work. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, and then you just a case of building up and then make a real site and a real payment gateway or something. But the, yeah. the yeah. and maybe make a prototype and sh- like have a video and show this is what it's like, you know. Um, mm. And then maybe people do unboxing videos where they're opening Kevin's newsletter. The most important thing, you know, it's even <laughs> better than the new Mac. Yeah, yeah. Um, the new Mackay. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah, because I like it. Like you're saying, it's like it is appealing. Because I mean, I would like one for stuff as well. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's um, it's not like information online is not novel anymore. I think yeah. it's why people have trouble focusing because it's just so much of this shit. Whereas if like you got something tangible, you're like you're manipulating the novelty circuitry. <laughs> you're like making it novel yeah. again, like yeah, yeah. Uh, in a way. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be like, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, hipsters fucking using cassettes for their indie music again. You know, like <laughs> something a little bit interesting. Co- I'll put out my course on vinyl, won't they? 
<laughs> yeah, <do> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send, send like a mixtape or something with. Uh... Yeah, that would be that would be cool. Different different techniques mixed together randomly, like you don't know where it'll come. You miss out the last bit of one track as it moves into the next one, so you don't even know what step four of the first technique was like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they'll love it. They'll love it. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Okay. But that's true what I was saying about the esoteric. Jimbroza, I just thought about that yesterday. They did for they're like they they've they've got so much on the muscle stuff and the mechanical stuff, the you know the reductionist left brain kind of thing that they have no choice but to flip it all. Mm-hmm.